welcome to You Dive Deep, where we dive into a single question each week and navigate through this tough thing we call life. Come on, let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of You Dive Deep. I have a phenomenally talented guest joining me on the show. He is one half of the band 10 Foot Waves, the producer to the other show I'm actually a part of called the Pigskin Party Podcast. And honestly, just an overall amazing human being. Oh, one last thing I want to say. He's a great golfer, but maybe we'll be talking about that a little bit in the episode. But welcome to the show, Anthony Venner. Yes. Yeah, I try to put that little kind of accent on there. And uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself so our audience get to know you a little bit? Yeah, of course. So yeah, my last name, Venner. That's the German way to say it. It's a uh, Weiner in American. And it's funny because a lot of people will say Anthony Weiner. And so it's all fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I moved to LA three years ago from my, a small town called Wolf Lake in Muskegon, Michigan, which is about a half hour from Grand Rapids. That's what I always have to tell everybody because no one knows what Muskegon is. It's too small. So I, I lived the small town life for a while, which was really nice. I lived in a big house in the woods. Um, it allowed me to really branch out and become the person I am. And so I, I always consider that my childhood endeavor, which did make me grow to who I am today. When my parents sold the house two years ago, it, it was emotional, but I was happy because it was like the next chapter of my life. Uh, so I like to talk about that because it, it's really uh, important to me, for sure. Uh, when I moved out here, I came out here to pursue music. And you, you mentioned golf. I love golf. I'm passionate about golf. I've gotten good at it. And the funny thing is I used to play it just for fun. I started getting good at it. So I started taking it more seriously. Um, I actually sold golf clubs from Dick Sporting Goods for a year. Oh, get to learn the in and outs of your uh, instrument of use, huh? Oh, yeah, definitely. I know more about golf than the next person, but I, I try to stay humble. That's just a flex you can <laughs> yeah. have, right? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a songwriter, a producer, piano player, singer, all, all that jazz. I like to play chess in my free time. I, I've been studying chess since in quarantine from the pandemic. I play the piano. I've been playing the piano since I was six or seven or something like that. It's getting better every day. And I like cooking. Um, I, I really enjoy cooking. Anthony is essentially a renaissance man. If you're not picking that up, people, and he could essentially do a little bit of everything, but not just is he the jack of all trades, but he does all of these things phenomenally well. I know he's trying to be humble, but from my short experience of knowing who Anthony is, everything he does, I'm just blown away. Like if someone were to say, oh yeah, uh, I, I do music, I play the keyboard, guitar, I sing. Oh, I also kind of play golf. And in my head, I'm like, oh, I mean like, yeah, you just do a little bit of everything. But then he tells me how he does on the course. And then I listen to his songs on Spotify. And then I hear the quality of the production value of the podcast he edits. I'm like, okay, come on. That's like not fair. Let's kind of leave some for like peasants like me to try to pick up some scraps and be like, oh yeah, I kind of do this too. But once again, kind of spoken like the true humble person that you are. But one of the quick questions I definitely want to add, just kind of knowing a little bit of the context of your background is how big was that culture shock moving from where you were over to California. It was huge. It was unbelievable. And I found out the hard way that I was not prepared for it. <laughs> um, luckily, I had the willpower and the strength to endure it. And I did. And I'm very happy I did. There were a few times where I would call my mom and be like, hey, I kind of want to go home. Like, I'm kind of done. Like, I don't know if I can do this. So I'd snap out of it. Usually it's when I had too much to drink. <laughs> I snapped out of it and I became a little better at it. So like being within the culture, because I mean, it's high standards here. The bar is set high out here. You're either the best or you don't live in LA. And if you're in between, then it's tough for you. I was hopping job to job when I first got out here and I met a lot of people. And these are like people who, back home, I was always the smartest person in the room. Always. Here goes my, hum uh, trying to be humble. <laughs> I, I was always the smartest guy in the room. And when I came out here, I realized that everybody was better at everything. <laughs> and that, that was a bigger shock than I was expecting. Like I was always the best singer at my school. I was always the best piano player. I always, I always did the best at golf. I always 
knew all because it was a small town. It wasn't really branched out. But here, everyone is better. And that it was hard to catch up to them. I mean, I'm still not there. I still haven't caught up. But and we'll talk about this when we talk about the question. I have decided to kind of implement my own life into just being myself and not worrying about setting a bar or reaching the bar that's already set or trying to fit in. I'm over that now. And it took me three years. That is such a beautiful sentiment that you just said right there, because so many people struggle with that. And I cannot believe the amount of immense amount of pressure that you probably put on yourself when you went over to the West Coast. The way I imagine California is literally everyone is so talented that they are on the cusp of breaking. They just need something to go their way. Like everyone has the talent to make it, but they just don't have the breeze blowing the right way. The right people listening or watching or paying attention. All they need is that tiny little opportunity and they just jump on it. It's cutthroat. And everyone hears the adage, oh, they're built different. Well, you kind of have to be built different. You have to have this discipline of this mentality that you have. Like you mentioned, the margins over in California is razor thin compared to where you grow up and things like that. And that's no knock on where you grew up. It's just like we said, it's just being on the East Coast, West Coast. It's a different ball game kind of thing. And it's so it's still humbling to hear. I know you're saying, oh, yeah, I was the best at this and that back in my hometown. But then having the awareness to go over somewhere new and taking that risk and saying, wow, okay, everyone is as good as me now. This is a level playing field. And because there's a lot of people that might make that transition, be like, no, I'm still top dog. I don't understand why they're getting lucky and breaking and blah, blah, blah. Like some people don't have that type of awareness. So just being able to hear saying, hey, I'm not putting that type of pressure. I'm just being myself. And honestly, at the end of the day, no one's better at being you than you, right? Of course. And talking about being competitive, the other day when I was golfing, so after I golfed 36 holes, I just, I met this guy in the last 18 and we ended up meeting up at a bar and it happened to have been karaoke night. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, OK, I'm I'm going to sing. I'm, I'm like, I kind of sighed. I'm like, OK, I'm, I'm going to end up doing karaoke. Too. I did. <laughs> You're like, OK, but, universe, you win. I'll do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And uh, in 2014, I went to New York City for the first time. And that's the first time I went to the big city. And I went to a karaoke bar and I did karaoke. And everyone was like, are you a professional singer? Like, that was amazing. And I'm just like, I mean, no, but I mean, kind of. And then doing karaoke the other night, everyone was as good as me. It was so competitive. Like, I, I, I got up after this guy just nailed it. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to. That's a hard act to follow. But I got this. It, I mean, it was fun. Everyone was singing along. I got I got whoops and cheers. It was great. It was amazing. (laughs) That's amazing to hear because I hear so many stories of the opposite where someone in front of them might crush it. And now you're like, I have to follow that up. No, I'm I'm done. Like they already admit defeat beforehand, but you're like, no, I'm confident. I I know I could still crush it. I could still do my thing. And honestly, just listening to you tell these stories is already inspiring me. But hey, enough is enough. Let's head to the question. And as people are getting to hear a little bit of your background, this is all news to me as well, because we haven't had that many opportunities to ever sit down and speak like this. So that's why I feel like I've been looking forward to this episode so much. But for those of you who are listening to the background, the skills and kind of the experience that Anthony brings to the table, I think one word that a lot of people may use is he's a creative person. But even within that context, it's really hard to pinpoint, wait a second, what is creativity? I feel like just, I guess that term itself is so ambiguous because people have different ways to define things. So Anthony, I would love to ask someone who is as creative as you, what is creativity? I would love to give you a Merriam-Webster definition. (laughs) But to me, that's not how creativity works. To me, I don't think it can be put in one description to define millions and millions of ideas going through millions of heads every single day. Creativity to me really goes back to your subconscious, who you are, who you've been, how you were brought up. Yeah, really who you are as a person. Do you believe that people just aren't creative? Like I know a lot of people are saying, oh, I'm just not a creative person. Do you believe that's true or... I guess in another context, do you believe that some people are just naturally more creative than others? There is the left brain, right brain theory, where if you use more of your left brain, you're more creative. If you use more of your right brain, you're more intellectual. This is a a really interesting theory, but I think it's really based on how you use it. Like me, I obviously use more of my left, not as much as as my right, but I I don't see it that way. So I'm trying to debunk that theory because it's more psychological where I think creativity is more emotional. Like I said, subconscious. So people who say they're not creative, 
I think just haven't accessed that part of them yet. And I think a lot of people don't want to. I absolutely agree. I love what you just mentioned there because it's almost like people typecast themselves because of that very common theory of, oh, are you left-brained or are you right-brained? But I also want to kind of abolish that type of stigma saying, no, it's not just one or the other. You're just a blend or you just haven't accessed the outlet that taps into your creativity. And I know when I asked this question, you said, hey, there is a Merriam Webster type of definition. And I kind of wanted to pull that out to kind of maybe lay a little bit of a foundation of what we're working with. And one of the definitions that I pulled out was the use of imagination or original ideas, especially in the production of artistic work. And while that definition is okay, it almost brings even more questions, at least for me, because I then thought, wait, the use of imagination or original ideas. Wait, now what is imagination? So then I had to kind of go in that rabbit hole being like, everyone knows what imagination is, but like, how would you define that? And so I went another step deeper and said, imagination is the ability to form mental images, phonological passages, analogies, or narratives of something that is not perceived through our senses. It's almost like the more definitions we get, the more questions come up. But the main reason I want to bring that up is at least to lay a foundation of what the public perception of what they think the grasp of that definition is. So I kind of want to ask you, what are your thoughts on both of those kind of definitions? I, I like that definition for creativity. It's just it's not in depth enough. For me, I like to think about things a lot deeper than one sentence, you know, how other people will interpret things. Then you said imagination, and and that got me thinking because, I mean, I, I grew up, it was me and my twin brother, we were always using our imagination for everything. I think that that has a lot to do with why we are so creatives today is because of using our imaginations for years and years. Like we would make things up and like, I I would say there's a a monster in the backyard and Tyler would picture it and we'd pretend to fight it. And we would somehow have this idea that we created together. When we got older, we decided to put those ideas and make music with it. And so I really like how it brings up imagination. That's beautiful. I think you hit the nail on the head once again, because of course, it's really easy to try to define that word. But like you said, it just doesn't go a little bit deep enough. And so I feel like one of the staples of what we're discussing right now is kind of having the difficulty of grasping what creativity is. But I think a lot of it is due to the fact that it's not a tangible variable. Like you can't objectively measure creativity, whereas I can just be like, oh, Anthony, you're taller than me. Or you are you're stronger than me because you can lift more weights than me. But I can't be like, oh, you're more creative than me because blah, blah, blah. Or I'm more creative than you because it it just doesn't work that way. And it's such like this weird, ambiguous term. And so maybe something that kind of helps the flow of the conversation go is one of the terms you always hear that I kind of connect to creativity. Maybe it's not right is the phrase thinking outside the box. Right. Everyone's heard that metaphor before a metaphor that means to think differently or unconventionally or from a new perspective kind of thing. And I feel like a lot of the times when people uh, would describe someone in that way saying, oh yeah, Tommy over there. Oh yeah. He, he thinks different. He thinks outside the box. It's almost like a professional way of saying, yeah, he's actually pretty creative. Like you'll, you'll give him some type of task and it might not be the way that you or I would accomplish it, but he'll get it done in a way that I haven't seen before. So that's almost a different way of trying to add to the context of figuring out what that creativity is. But what is your take on that metaphor of thinking outside the box? I'd be at work and there'd be kind of a situation and the boss would say, think outside the box. Then I'm like, I jump to the first thing I think of is what can we do differently? Because there's a routine. There's always a routine. There's certain ways you do things. But when the phrase think outside the box comes out, I think you branch out of that routine, which does bring creativity into play. I, I think I have a good example. I, I was working at a restaurant called Claim Jumper and they needed a room to be cleared out, but there was no like, there's no room. So, so the boss is like, hey, Anthony, like, can you help us out here? Like, we're trying to figure this out. And I'm like, okay, sure. So I walk over there and I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm just I'm looking around. I'm, I'm stroking my chin. And then he says, do you got anything? I'm like, just a sec. Oh, it's like Jimmy Neutron. Sec. You're trying to get and a I'm brain just, blast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm watching. And I'm just like, got it. And I fixed it because it allowed me to kind of do something different that I didn't do at work every day. And I guess, I mean, that's what I'm good at. I, I can't do the same thing. Uh, I am not a routine guy. Things need to be different for me. And so when an opportunity like that presents itself, 
I'm really good at thinking outside the box. And I do like that phrase. I think creativity, and I think it's something you might agree with as well, is not just a skill, but it's like a muscle, right? Like it's something that you have to keep working on to be able to hone it, if you will. And there might be people that might be born innately more talented or more creative, if you will. But I feel like that won't give you an edge forever if you don't continue to use that imagination, use that creativity, thinking outside the box. If you just kind of being like, oh, let's get lazy with it. I, I'm pretty funny. So let me just write a couple of things and then get lazy. And then you'll see other people who might feel like they're working at it more. But because they're honing in, they could almost reach that same level of creativity or even get past that. What do you think of this kind of idea of thinking that creativity is like a muscle? I like that analogy. Because like you think of like IQ, your intellect, like you can always improve your intellect by studying and focusing time and energy. I think creativity can be achieved just like if you were to try to hire your IQ by studying. I think you can train your brain to become creative. So I do like it's kind of like how you can go to the gym and improve your muscles. I think that's a good analogy because that makes a lot of sense in that uh, retrospect. Now, it's very easy to see all the different type of creative outlets that you kind of excel in. It looks like your musical background kind of gives you not an edge, but you're very good at it. And it's a lot of it due to the creativity. I know before the show even started, I said, oh, how did your day go? You said, you know, I actually woke up pretty early, went out to get a nice cup of coffee, laid out by a tree and wrote two songs. And that floored me. I was like, oh my goodness, I play the ukulele and perform here and there, but at no point would I ever be able to have the creative creativity to write music. You give me four months to write something and I would just be like, I don't even know if I could pump one out. Like that's my brain doesn't work that way. I have to make a melody, a <laughs> core. Like, how does that work? My brain, it just starts to flop all over the place. But then if you're to ask me, hey, Tommy, uh, how about you make a cover of a song, I'll make it my own. Or uh, I, I've done stand up and improv and stuff like that. And coming up with skits, I, I could do that like in a second. I, I On my phone, there's like 40 different skit ideas that I would love to do and things like that. So in that facet, I feel like I am creative. And one last example is I'm sure everyone here may have heard of the game called Minecraft. I always joke around. So that's like adult Legos. And I am so uncreative when it comes to Minecraft. I build like a house, kind of, or like a box. Let's be honest, it's a box. And I'm like, yeah, that's about it. And then look at my friends. And they have like this underwater glass cave with like all these little redstones. Don't even get me started on redstone. I don't know how that works. But like now when I look at that, I'm like, holy smokes, that's creative. But the reason I want to bring this up is because once again, I don't want to toot my own horn, but a lot of the people that would describe they're like, oh yeah, Tommy, he's a pretty creative guy. But it's almost like, a fallacy as well because there's a lot of different outlets and facets where I don't consider myself creative whatsoever. So kind of like that left brain, right brain, it's very unfair for me to be like, oh no, I am creative. But then having times where I'm like, no, I can fully admit I'm not good at this. So this is almost a long-winded way to throw it over to you, Anthony. With all of this great creative success, if you will, are there certain areas in your life where you feel like you're not as creative to kind of be like, hey, let's kind of debunk that. Just because I might consider myself creative, that doesn't mean I'm creative in every single aspect. Yeah, that actually brings me to a point I wanted to make. There are three types of creativity, I think. Artistic creativity, intellectual creativity, and intuitive creativity. To break those down, artistic creativity is writing a song, painting a picture with no reference, creating a podcast, about with your own ideas. I mean, even that is artistic to me. Filmmaking, anything that's artistic in a way. Uh, intellectual creativity is stuff like the game of chess, where there are moves to make, but you still get creative with the moves that you make. Being a chess player myself, I've noticed where I do have to get creative sometimes. I'll, I'll lose my queen and I'll be like, okay, so I'm going to have to rethink my whole strategy. So it's time to get creative here. Cooking too would be intellectual creativity. There are ways to do it, but there are ways to use your imagination to do it better. Like say you want a different taste in your on, on your steak. You'll use a different kind of salt or more pepper or you'll fry it differently. Kind of make your own version of it. I mean, that's why I like cooking a lot is because you can get really creative with it. Make your own version of recipes that people have already made, but this one's yours. Intuitive creativity. Say, I think a good example would be a business deal. You're getting creative to pitching this product to your client. And I think that you're using creativity in that sense. I like to say that's intuitive creativity. So with those three types... There are two that I excel in and one that I don't. And so sometimes I will be in a situation where I fail to be mm -hmm. creative. 
And so I have to think, okay, let's see what I can do to solve this in a different way. Now, with kind of the creativity that you kind of laid out, it's very easy to kind of figure out how you can practice and get more creative. But I know a lot of the time some people ask that question of, well, how do I get more creative? If I want to be uh, more artistically creative, does that mean I just sit in a room and just try to write songs? Or I try to start painting with no references and just keep doing that every day and maybe something will click. And even with the intellectual slash intuitive creativity. It's not, I feel like a lot of people start to struggle, whereas in our metaphor or kind of comparison to the gym, yeah, you go to the gym. If you want bigger biceps, you know, do a lot of curls, do specific machines that can help you get there. Whereas creativity, it seems a little bit more ambiguous, right? A little bit nebulous where you're like, wait, so you're telling me I'm awful at singing, but if I just continue to keep, oh, well, maybe singing isn't the greatest term because that's an actual muscle itself. But being able to write music, maybe I'm terrible at that. But if I just keep working at it, I would get better. So what would you say for people that are trying to get more creative in general? Maybe they don't see creativity into three different facets that you just mentioned. But someone is honestly sitting there saying, man, you know what? I really want to get more creative. Anthony, what are some advice for people that might be thinking that? Just try it and do it. <laughs> I know it's easier it's easier said than done, but if you have the will and the passion to get it done, you'll get it done. You'll figure it out. You'll figure out how to get it done. If if I sat down right now and I wanted to paint the best picture that I've ever painted, if I was passionate enough about it, I would figure out how to do it. There's this, I'm sure you've heard this term, but it's called writer's block. I've experienced this way too often than I want to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really frustrating and it starts to make me question my creativity. This is going to sound weird, but what if, if you're not a creative person, you're just on a very long writer's block and you just have to snap out of that. Snapping out of it's hard. You need to be inspired and you need to be passionate about what you're doing. So inspiration and passion, I think, could make you a creative person. It really depends on how much you want it and what you're willing to do to achieve it. I love what you just said, because what I was just going to mention is for me personally, if someone were to say, what do you think creativity is, Tommy? I would say, well, I think creativity in itself is such a nebulous term like we're kind of discussing right now, but it's because I believe it to be like you can define it, right? But it carries this emotional connotation that requires something beyond just what the definition is. That's why I want to start off this conversation by talking about the definitions on the internet of what creativity is, what imagination is. But you just made that one connection I think is so key. The passion, the inspiration, the word I used was purpose. I feel like purpose is a key to creativity. I think all creative endeavors have to have some type of purpose or passion, whether it's very clear on what it is, or it could be a little bit ambiguous, but I feel like it's something that you need to have. And being familiar with a specific creative outlet may help add that little bit of context or purpose. And for example, for that is when you listen to jazz and you're not very well versed in musical compositions or just jazz in general, they might just think that's just a lot of noise. I don't understand what's going on. That's not creative. Whereas people with a musical background that are familiar with this creative outlet will say, no, this is beautiful. I, it's just I can listen to this for eight hours because it's just unbelievably creative how they're able to make these type of transitions. And another, of course, example would be contemporary art. I know this gets me all the time. It could just be what when someone taped a banana to the wall or something like that. Like people are like, wait, this is not art. Like, what is this? Or, you know, the classic splatter of paint all over the place worth millions of dollars and people saying, I don't get it. That is not creative. But if you're in well versed in that outlet, you will see something else. You'll 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 see passion. You'll see meaning. You'll you'll feel sadness. Exactly. You'll let it take over you. And to those people, it's absolutely creative. So I feel like being well versed in whatever outlet it is can help add that type of context when it comes to creativity. Because the one thing I don't want to get lost is some people might think just random acts of spontaneity is creative. But I would say that might actually damage the reputation of creativity, if you will. Some people just doing something for the act of randomness, in my opinion, is not creative. Anyone can, I could talk to you about this and randomly change this podcast and we could just be talking about rubber ducks for the next 20 minutes. And people will be like, oh wait, why did he do that? That doesn't make any sense. But to me, I'll be like, oh, you just don't get it. It's just super creative. But it's not. It's almost trying too hard. So this is my long-winded way once again of saying, I feel like there has to be some type of purpose, some type of passion, inspiration that you were talking about. And I feel like that is that depth 
that we're looking for when we talk about creativity, like all of the definitions we've heard so far, it's just touching the surface. But then when you add that passion, like you mentioned before, that's when we slowly get closer and closer. What are your thoughts on that? So do you know that that Campbell soup can painting by Andy Warhol? Of course. Iconic. Andy Warhol saw a can of soup and said, I'm going to paint this. He didn't ask why. He didn't ask permission from anybody. He just did it because he felt inspired. That's creativity. He has a creative mind enough to where he sees something and something in his head said, I want to paint this. I think that's art right there. Already speaking for itself. I mean, he he could have easily just said, hey, I want to make a million dollars. I'm just going to paint a can of soup. But that's not how it happened. Every stroke and every color he used had its purpose, which came with that inspiration. And that has a lot to do with Andy Warhol's creative mind, as well as anybody else's. That's absolutely beautiful. And in a similar context, one example I want to bring up of another very, very creative artist. I'm one of the biggest Beatles fans I feel like around. And John Lennon obviously known as one half of the greatest songwriting duo of all times, the Lennon-McCartney, there are times where Lennon found out that a lot of English classes and things like that were kind of trying to dissect the meaning of a lot of Beatles songs. So he came out with the song, I Am the Walrus and The Glass Onion. And that song is complete nonsense, but a lot of people are trying to find meaning of what it meant, saying, oh, what does it mean, John, when he says this? What did that mean? And then John Lennon just straight up came out saying, I literally wrote the song with no meaning just to show you that, you know, you guys try too hard to pin meanings. And a lot of people say, well, he's just writing nonsense. To me, it's honestly the opposite. It's someone that is so creative, can write so many songs that he could literally write a song with no meaning. He, it's literally people yes. who are listening. If you haven't heard I Am the Walrus or Glass Onion, please give it a listen because it's just complete nonsense and the lyrics make no sense. But it's a, to me personally, I love all Beatles songs, so I'm a bit biased and I say they are jams. But then it's just so cool to be like, you know what? I'm just going to write about nothing. And it's still so cool for everyone to try to keep digging and be like, no, no. It's like putting the tinfoil conspiracy hat, being like, no, he meant this and that. So it's just so cool that people like Andy Warhol, John Lennon, people at the peak of creativity, how they're just so creative that they are almost reinventing the word itself. I think that's personally unbelievable. How about you? Yeah, I like that. I like the John Lennon thing because, yeah, you, you could say he was writing nonsense for the sake of nonsense but that's still creative. I mean, there's still music being played. There's still a melody. Just because the lyrics don't say what you want them to say doesn't mean it's not art. And I think especially his creative mind, which is probably one of the, if not the best in the world, in the history of time, that's a really bold statement, but he's good. (laughs) We only do hot (laughs) takes here at You Dive Deep. Um, With his kind of creative mind, the way that it worked, kind of like the Andy Warhol thing, seeing a can of soup, he saw that and said, that inspires me to do this now. So that itself was still inspiration, which he used his creative mind to make it happen. And he did. He just sat down and said, I put so many thoughts into the lyrics, the melody and everything. And these are all the meanings I want behind it. And now he almost challenged himself, right? You could think of it that way, thinking everyone tries to find so many deep layers of meanings of all my songs. Now let me challenge myself to write about nothing, nonsense, but make it actually still a song. And he did it. He did it twice. He probably did it more than twice, actually, because, you know, he went on to do the Plastic Ono Band and all that kind of stuff. But specifically Beatles related, those are the two songs that just pop off the page for me saying, when I first listened to it, I'm like, oh, this is great. Then I went back and listened to the lyrics and the melody. I was like, this makes no sense. I have no idea what he's doing. And it's just so cool because it's almost like people who are on top of their game almost get so bored where they have to challenge themselves. And that's where creativity kind of thrives. There's no end game, right? Uh, Even if, and I feel like this could be, I guess, a hot take, but when John Lennon was alive with the Beatles, they were the thing. They, They couldn't be topped. A lot of people saw them as like, you know, a boy band, a pop band, whatever, but they're producing music and changing the course of music as we knew it. So there are a lot of times where people could say, you've done it. You have nothing else to prove. But, you know, Paul McCartney still kicking, still making amazing music. And at the time, John Lennon thinking, all right, I'm just going to keep making music. I don't need to. 
but I'm keep doing it to challenge myself. So it's really cool to see people who we believe to be at the top of their game still kind of getting bored, but challenging themselves. Do you ever find yourself in these situations? Not that you get bored of your creative genius, but kind of pushing yourself right. in that way. Oh, of course. Yeah. I released an album last year and all the songs are kind of about the same thing. And I'm like, you know what? I need to write about something new. But that, I mean, that's hard with no experience because it's been hard to do anything with the pandemic. So it's been tough to experience things to be inspired to write new songs. And so a lot of times what I'll do is I'll make something up. I'll watch a movie and I'll write a song based on their situation just to write a song because it it, it, I mean, it's a lot of fun to me. I, I like doing it because it's so much fun in it. It really lets the thoughts in my head kind of go into a song. And oh, I'm going to tell you right now, being a songwriter and, and everything, when you hear the final product of a song that you spent so much time on that you wrote, it's probably one of the greatest feelings in the world. It's amazing because you, I mean, that's your art that you've put into this masterpiece. It's amazing. It's literally something that never existed before until you put the effort in. And at the end of the day, you have this final exactly, piece saying, yeah. this was nothing. This, you know, these chords existed. These words have existed. But this final project, this passion project of each song never existed until I willed it into the world, which is beautiful. And this exercise that you talked about saying, I understand right. some of the barriers that are in my way with the pandemic. I couldn't go out and have these new experiences. But it's really cool to hear your creative mind saying how I kind of mentioned, well, how do you train creativity? How do you how do you use that as an exercise? Well, you found one. You were watching movies and you would put yourself in those situations saying, hey, this is an exercise. Now let me make a song about this. That is just such a real unique and once again creative way to attack it so I feel like it's just a cool way to peel the curtains back and be like well Anthony's really creative but it didn't happen overnight look at the rigorous process he's putting through he's watching movies and he's enjoying the movie but at the same time in the back of his head he's thinking wow how can I apply this to what I enjoy doing how I like to be creative so it's really cool to hear you being able to do these additional hard work because sometimes I feel like the misconception that comes with creativity is oh he's just naturally creative and I know like I said I did a lot of stand up and things and I don't, I don't like that at yeah, all. Yeah, people people just make these assumptions. I, I don't like the naturally creative. No. I hate like even that like the famous comedians that we know. People are like, oh no, he's just really funny. Like uh Will Ferrell's hilarious. Steve Carell, naturally funny. Uh, you know, Kevin Hart, he's lucky because he's so funny. No, it, it doesn't work that way. Everyone that it's is really work. good at something. They've worked hard in the background and for you to pump out songs and all these kind of things. It's just so cool to hear. But what is your take on people who I kind of heard you mention it before? But what is your take on when people say, oh, no, he's just naturally creative, like lucky him. I that that has bothered me since the beginning of my life. I play on stage or perform and and someone would say, wow, you have a great talent. You must be so lucky. I'm like, actually, I just spent the last 47 days practicing in my room. That's why. And that's why I just nailed it up there because I spend all my free time practicing and trying to improve myself and just spending all this time writing these songs and making them sound good so you can enjoy it. Not for you to tell me that this talent, I, I, did, I, I did air quotes, it was given to me that I'm lucky that I have it. I, I don't see it that way. You just sparked a great future episode of You Dive Deep. Like, what is luck? I feel like that has such a negative connotation because whenever you say someone is lucky, it, it's almost negative, right? Like, oh, you just lucked into it. Good for you. You're so fortunate for that to have happened. But there's this one adage that also floats around that I've heard before is, Man makes his own luck. And, and sorry, I didn't mean to be sexy there. A person makes their own luck. <laughs> and so it, that kind of phrase essentially means exactly what you just mentioned. I'm hoping to be able to jam with you soon, but at no point after I hear you be able to play live music, I'm never going to sit here and say, wow, he's a great performer. He's so lucky he has that. I'm going to say, wow, all of that hard work is shining through right now because it looks effortless and he's having fun. There's a very big difference where it comes to that. And I feel like the more people understand that, the more it will be appreciated because I feel like once again, creativity is so hard to measure. It's not tangible. Whereas, you know, if someone is a supreme athlete because they're tall, strong, and just really good at excelling certain things and they're at practice doing this and that, you could kind of see the end goal and the product of what they're trying to do. Sports being a big one. Uh, I, I'm very salty mm -hmm. right now being a Sixers fan. Ben Simmons missing all those free throws, doing all that kind of stuff. A lot <laughs> of people say, well, what does he do at practice? How is he not practicing his free throws? Because that's just a lazy way for us to be like, 
Well, we could look at his free throw percentage here and compare it to this. Is he improving? Whereas with creativity, isn't it so hard to say, this is the first song I wrote, this is the last song I wrote. Let's see how I have gotten better. Hopefully you have seen growth, but it's just so hard to even measure it that way, right? Actually, it's funny you say that because I did that. I listened to the first song I ever wrote, well, recorded, first song I ever recorded five years ago and listened to my most recent one. The improvement was insane. But the creativity was kind of the same. It kind of shows that I've improved as a songwriter, but what the song was about kind of reached deeper into how does the song sound? I actually redid the song. It's it's so cool. I might release it. But just to hear the difference. Breaking news on you, Dive Deep. (laughs) And, And when it comes to that, when it comes to like, I don't like the whole you know, he's built different. I'm not sure where you stand on religion, but for a while, people are saying, God gave you a great talent. God gave you this. I'm like, okay, let's put credit where credit's due. Let's give all the credit to him then. Okay, whatever. <laughs> don't don't worry about me. He, he did all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the one putting in hours and hours to hone this craft. It's because God told me I would. So even if I didn't, of course I would naturally be. No. Uh, I, I've been very outspoken on my view of religion on this show. It's not that I'm not religious. I'm much more spiritual. I like to believe that myself as a spirit can be able to obtain things and things aren't just given to me. Things are earned. But at the same time, being very realistic of how the world works. I'm an insignificant person. I understand that. So I'm just here to live my life. I know that's a different tangent, but (laughs) I completely agree with you. I feel like there are so many terms to kind of negate how hard someone works at their creativity. Like you just mentioned, oh, they're built different. Oh, God gave them that talent. Oh, he's just so lucky. And I just don't like the stigma that surrounds creativity because even if you look in the real world, right? Whenever you hear someone is a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or whatever, they're viewed much more differently than saying, oh, Anthony is an aspiring songwriter and musician. People have a different reaction. Whereas if you were to say Anthony is about to take his bar exam to become a lawyer, like it's completely different and on on different kind of phases. I'm not saying one is more important than the other or is not, but it's embarrassing to see how different a reaction would be. And I feel like that's one of the stigmas I would love to finish because it takes just the same amount of effort heart and determination to be able to make it in any field. So why are we now discrediting creativity? So I think this is just kind of asking you, why do you think that kind of divide exists? There's this uh, quote or a line from an artist, uh, John Bellion. He says, room where the artists play. And I like that because, well, back in the day, people put artists, they were said to be dysfunctional, dysfunctional members of society. So when he says room where the artists play, that was that room where you put all the it, and then they labeled it ADHD. That, that's what the guy I dealt with when I was younger. Everyone was always saying, Anthony has ADHD. We must treat him differently. No, it wasn't ADHD. It was creativity. I was an artist. A lot of times they'll put these labels on us because they're, I, I think they're scared. Because, I mean, l- look at how the country's run. <laughs> I, I'll try not to get into politics. But the, think about how if you're not a functioning member of society, you're cast out. I mean, just, you know, it, that's just a, a fact. None of us like it, but that's just how, how it's always been. And then there's people like me, like you, who want it different. And we're artists and we want to change things. We want to change how things work. The American dream, that's an illusion. The whole work, get married, have kids, die. See, I can't do that. That's not something I can do. And I think that divide happened when people started to speak away from what they wanted. When artists like John Lennon started saying, okay, but we can do it differently. The rich guys, the banks, they're, they got scared because they're like, oh, this guy wants to do it differently, but then my money might go away. And so artists and creativity has been d- divided just based on the fact that a lot of people will lose what they want just because we have a different kind of idea on how this life works. I think everything you said is valid and you could back it up with kind of history, right? 
if we look at ourselves in the reflection of kind of our history, look at the people that went against the grain, that didn't believe that you work hard and you will be rewarded and blah, blah, blah. I feel like woke culture might be a meme, but people are now realizing that might not be true. And if you look at society and look at this quote unquote woke culture, they've always been typecasted. Oh, they're the hippies. Oh, they're the rock and rollers. They're punks. They're that's not right. You're very right in the way that the way that history has viewed these type of people that had a different vision on how they believe things should be has always some type of negative connotation. And I feel like a lot of it is always because it is still tied to this creative venture that we're trying to set out for the world. But isn't it so ironic that I guess the top one percent of the creative people are so revered. They're held on such a pedestal, but all the other people that are supporting these people that are trying to become the next 1%, they're just so frowned upon until they make that break. Then they're like, oh no, now they're an artist. Now they made it. I feel like it's little things like that that's so heart-wrenching for me that can discourage so many people for pursuing their creative venture. I could only imagine how many suppressed talents. There could have been 10 more Andy Warhols. There could have been 30 more bands, bigger and better than the Beatles. Uh, and the reason I keep bringing up these examples is because these are who we talked about. But imagine all these people that have been in a situation like you, Anthony, where they said, oh, Anthony has ADHD. The, uh, let's not, don't indulge him. Let's force him to be the next big blue collar corporate worker because that's how he fits into society. I can only imagine the amount of people that have been deterred to kind of pursue those creative ventures. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I definitely see it that way. A lot of people I went to high school with, they got jobs right out of high school and they're going to be doing those jobs for the rest of their lives. Unfortunately, because they... I, I don't want to say it, but they're brainwashed. Um, <laughs> I sound like a hippie. Well, I I mean, I am a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> All the hot takes from Anthony. I don't want to get political. I don't want to bring religion into it. But now I'll tell people they're... No, I'm kidding. But continue. You're making a good point. How creative do you think they are? But they just are afraid to show it. Is, is it fear? Do they think they're not good enough? Are they casted out if they even have a creative idea? Is it their parents? Is it their peers? Is it the government? Who's doing this to them to make them not want to branch out and use their creative minds? Because there are a lot of people that I know who had so much potential, but once high school ended, they didn't want to use it. My brother and I are the only two people to come out to LA to pursue music. And I knew some damn good musicians from where I come from. They were good. When I was in high school, I did this thing called West Michigan Showcase. So all of the schools got their best music acts together and they put them all into a talent show. The grand prize was uh, 500 bucks, I think. And obviously my group was chosen. I put together a swing band of 10 people. So I walked up to these people one by one. I said, hey, do you want to be in a band and compete in a showcase? I composed the music, wrote the music for each part, for each instrument, and I put it in front of them. We had practice sessions. We did it. They were great. We did so good. We got second place, which is stupid because we did fantastic. A church band beat us. Dude couldn't even sing, but I won't get into that. <laughs> no. You're not mad about it. No, Big. You don't think about it every single night before you go to sleep. <laughs> No, I, I still have the second place medal. I'm so very proud of, of what we accomplished that day. That was the day I fell in love with playing on stage, uh, just to see the people out watching. And oh, it was just amazing. I think you're an absolute walking definition of someone pursuing their creative endeavors, not being suppressed by fear or what society is trying to tell you that you're supposed to be, which has been immensely inspirational from my short time meeting with you. I think it's no secret ever since uh, I was a part of the Pigskin Party podcast, which is when I met you because you do produce that show, one of your many, many talents, like I mentioned before. But it's very easy to see that I feel like I don't know if you noticed, but I gravitated towards you immediately. I was like, oh, wow, this Anthony guy is pretty cool. He, he and I have very very similar interests. And it, I feel like that was not a coincidence. I feel like creative people have a way of gravitating towards each other because they have this, and I don't want to sound too egotistical or uh, things like that, but it's almost like there's this aura around. I'm like, oh man, I, I want to just be around this person because he gives off this type of energy, which has been great. But oh, with definitely. all of these different types of rabbit holes that we've been jumping in and the fact that you're like this great embodiment of someone that is pursuing that creative endeavor, I kind of want to put a nice little bow at this and ask that question again. And I know it's going to be tough and see if your answer has changed at all. But Anthony, what is creativity? Inspiration, passion, 
the will to make it happen all put together and exposed. How's that? That was beautiful. I mean, just being able to kind of summarize all the wonderful conversations we have leading up to this point. I think that's the thesis of what you can do. It has to start with that passion, that inspiration to make it happen. But at the same time, don't let fear hold you back. You have to expose yourself to be able to do something like that, which is absolutely beautiful. But Anthony, I know everyone says, wow, hopefully the listeners are listening, saying he is a joy being able to kind of bring all this different types of insights. Maybe hopefully we're inspiring people to say, Hey, don't be scared. Go, go out, write some short stories. If you love the writing, go play some music, sing. And I can be a very strong proponent. I have been attempting to sing, play the ukulele for a little bit, but I always discounted myself. Oh, this is just a toy. I'm not really good, but I've actually taken a little bit more seriously recently. And the drastic changes of my confidence level in performing is directly correlated to how well I believe I'm doing. Well, when I first did, I was very hesitant. I was self, I was like, oh, that wasn't that good. And I'm going to be honest. I sounded horrendous, but now I am at the point where I'm like, dang, I actually kind of sound pretty good. And I feel like nothing has changed. My creativity has not changed. My nothing has changed except for my confidence to pursue this avenue. And I feel like after speaking with you, it just re-energizes me to say, no, I'm on the right path. Let's just keep doing this. Because at the end of the day, it makes me happy. It makes me feel full in my life. And that's what I want it to be. And speaking of full, Anthony, I know this is like a pro podcast host move. Let's try to get to a little bit of that palate cleanser. I know we talked about so many (laughs) things. We got in pretty deep. So let's kind of come back up to the surface and talk about something a little bit more lighthearted. And the question I've been leaning on season two is, of course, food related. So, Anthony, if the world were all to end tomorrow, what would your last meal be? This one's easy. Lobster tail. Ooh, first person to say that oh. this would be easy. So what <laughs> is it? Lobster Sorry. tail, filet mignon. Okay. Loaded mashed potatoes, grilled zucchini, and a glass of Pinot Noir. Oh, you have it from th- you got the savory. You got you got the oh, umami. You got oh, you got everything going on there. No, so no dessert. No dessert in this final meal. You know what? Cheesecake sounds good. We'll go with strawberry cheesecake for dessert. Go. Any special kind of cheesecake? Uh, <laughs> yeah, strawberry, stra- is that what you said? New York style strawberry cheesecake. Let's go with that. You have it right. The reason I like asking this question is because all too often with my wife, we never can figure out what we want for dinner or what to make for, you know, plans. So in my hopes is whenever I listen back to the episodes, I'm like, oh man, what did Anthony say? Oh, maybe we'll have that for dinner. It might be a little bit out of my price range and maybe more special events to splurge a little bit, but (laughs) hey, let's make it happen, Captain. But no, that's amazing to hear. And I I did want to say, you mentioned grilled zucchini. That's, That's a little bit different from everything else. What kind of got you into that? Grilled zucchini is just, it's amazing. Uh, My mom would grill vegetables well so so my, my dad back in the day back in muskegon my dad would always grill because we lived in the woods we could do whatever we wanted so my dad got this nice coal grill which i love cool i'm gonna tell you right now if you grill coal is better than gas all day i 100 back the statement <laughs> i just got a grill two years ago and i went with coal because i'm gonna be hot take you if you have a gas grill that's just an that's just a stovetop that you have outside that's exactly that's it. what's the point just make it inside but if you have coal charcoal whatever it's smoky it develops i'm sorry it might be hot takey but continue with your delicious grilled oh, zucchini I agree. <laughs> so my mom would go to the farmer's market and get fresh zucchini and squash chop the squash and zucchini up throw it on the grill with the steak so it's grilled after the steak. So it's like getting in the where the steak just was, and it's yeah, it's perfect brown, maybe even charred a little bit. So, by the way, the char is where the flavors at. Charred on the ends, a little brown. You got the grill marks on it. Oh, it's just it's fantastic. Grilled zucchini is just it's amazing, and eat it with steak. So is that what it is? You just put it on right after steak. You don't need any more seasonings or anything like that on top of it. I mean, I guess you could salt and pepper. So he puts salt and pepper on it. You throw. My mom usually fries it, but Just keep it nice and simple, right? You don't need to do too much with it, right? Exactly. Just salt and pepper. Throw it on the grill with with the steak, and then when the vegetables are ready, usually the steak's ready too. Which I eat my steak medium rare, so 
doesn't take long. Absolutely. That sounds delicious. How do you eat your steak? So I'm actually a vegetarian, but I've been recently a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian for about oh. a little over a year now. But back when I, back in the day when I would eat meat, uh, I would probably say medium rare is mm. about as cooked as I would like. Medium rare might be a little bit okay. too cooked for me. I, I like it. I like to taste the meat. I don't want no hockey puck. But oh man, we're being really hot takey for me today. I usually like to play it pretty politically safe, but I'm saying <laughs> no to gas grills and I'm making fun of people who like their steaks done even more than medium rare only because at that point you're ruining the meat right it, yeah it, is it my energy is my energy the reason why you're being hot ticky today <laughs> i don't maybe maybe i'm trying to match it maybe like this creative person comes on i got i gotta go to toe to toe with a creative <laughs> god this is gonna be great but no i i think it's fair to say you know even done medium is okay but anything past that just eat a burger Oh, man. OK, I feel like a lot of people are going to message me being like, Tommy, you're being a jerk. But hey, that's why opinions <laughs> exist and stuff. But that is a delicious last meal that you kind of put onto the table. But before we come to a close, Anthony, can you tell me where we can find you? What have you been working on? I know you say you've been writing some songs and you might even release a song where you said it's kind oh. of uh, a cover of like the very first song and things like that. But yeah, where can everyone find you? So it's my brother and I We're called 10 Foot Waves, the word 10, not the number 10. I hate that question like the number 10 or the word 10 don't worry we'll like, have the link in the think, description think about it how do you think it's the number 10 <laughs> it's probably not <laughs> and i i don't know i kind of wish i would have gone with a different name because that's the question i always get now i'm like this could have been so much easier no i love that name so we're called tenfold ways we're on spotify itunes apple music pandora iheart if anyone listens to pandora still iheart radio Deezer, YouTube, basically everywhere you can stream music. TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, just absolutely everywhere. At 10 Foot Waves Music on Instagram, at 10 Foot Waves on Twitter, 10 Foot Waves on Facebook, uh, 10 Foot Waves on YouTube. Yeah, so we've been working on some new music lately that I'm really excited about. Um, I forgot to bring up the fact that the more you do something, the better you get at it. And so these songs are blowing my mind just because I intuitively feel like I'm getting better. No one's telling me I'm getting better. Only I am. I mean, it'd, it'd be nice to hear someone tell me I'm getting better, but no, you know, no one listens to all 200 songs that I write in the last five years. So, it's, you know, it's hard to expect that. I, I don't expect that at all. Uh, but yeah, there's some new music coming out soon. Um, I'm really just released a song uh, two weeks ago, and I think we're going to come out with an EP soon. So last year we released a full album, didn't uh, respond very well. So we're going to go back to an EP with some songs and we're going to get some uh have some fun with that because I've just got a green screen so we've been shooting some really cool music videos so yeah that's where we're at right now yeah so everyone the link and everything that he kind of mentioned and made references to I'll make sure is in the description of this show so it could be easier to follow Anthony around listen to some of his music and hey let him know what he thinks I know he's pretty active on Twitter here and there as well so it's really easy to get in contact with him be able to kind of build that community but before I let you go Anthony one thing I always like to ask my guests is what does some Anthony life advice sound like almost like your parting words if you want to do something do it if you're passionate about it do it one day you're gonna die and no one's gonna remember you so fuck it that is probably something i needed to hear way way back in my life because it's something that i've had to figure out like i mentioned i've been going through this journey of spirituality and things and that's when i've become very humble saying hey i i am gonna die no one's gonna remember me in what like 10 20 years like my relatives will, but they'll just have faint memories of me and I will not make that big of an impact. So why not live my life the way I want to, not the way other people want to? So in those words of Anthony, just go do it. Just make it happen because you'll be happier that you feel like you're making that purpose felt. Might as well do whatever you want because someone will always judge you. So who cares? Exactly. Exactly. Just go by the beat of your own drums and just live your life. In yes. the words of Anthony. And for you listeners out there, definitely kind of live your life to the fullest. But also think about that question. What is creativity? So it's your turn to think about the question. What does it all mean to you? Don't be afraid to really dive deep and ponder the question. Until next time. <laughs>